Halo, and welcome back to HCS Weekly. I thought, yo, this is my life. I have to go pro in Halo. And my head thought that that was more efficient, and I guess I was right. He was like the god. We would have to two v one like just to beat this guy. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'll try to reach you. A lot of Halo in my life, man. It's been a it's been a fun journey. Hello and welcome back to HCS Weekly, your destination for all things HCS. I'm your host, Shyway, and guys, damn, am I ever excited. If you missed Inside Xbox, what are you doing? The biggest news that we could ever expect from this event just came out. We got MCC on PC with Halo Reach included. It's absolutely insane. Let's kick off our show with the news. As usual, we got Maddie Rums of NoobCombo.com. Maddie, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, man? Oh, so much, so much. It's a good day now. We got big guests oh, today. Yeah. We've got tons of crazy news on inside Xbox as well. Like who would have thought? I am always like 99% of the time I am disappointed by inside Xbox. So I did not have <laughs> high hopes for this. No offense to the guys over there that, you know, they're doing a great job, I'm sure. But this is unbelievable. MCC coming to PC. Maddie, break down some of the uh, the insights here. Yeah, so it'll be released on Steam and the Microsoft Store Uh just said later this year it doesn't have any specific dates but it's going to be released game by game starting with halo reach and then it's going to go down in chronological order starting with halo one two three four and uh you can also do the odst campaign mm -hmm. uh they mentioned that it was co-developed by 343 ruffian games and splash damage ruffian games is known for uh i think crackdown 2 and they worked a little bit on mcc and Splash Damage worked on the Gears of War Ultimate Edition and Gears of War 4 for Windows and Xbox. Right. So they have a little bit of, I guess, credibility, if you want to call it there. Right. Uh, one of the big things off the fact, off the bat here is, is I love the fact that they're releasing on Steam and the Microsoft Store. That is such a smart decision yeah. for Microsoft right there. A lot of people don't like the kind of limitations that come with trying to play games specifically on the Microsoft Store. But this way on Steam, with a massive player base, you've got millions of people who could hop onto this. I, I think that's unbelievable. So yeah, bringing it to PC huge. in a place where it's easily accessible, rolling it out one game at a time, a little weird, but I kind of get it. They want to make sure that you know every single game they roll out is going gonna, is gonna to run well, it's going to play well no issues there and with a lot of streamers you know talking about an absence of games like arena titles like uh like summit 1g saying he misses a good old-fashioned arena shooter uh this is this is huge news for you know for that the potential there for the audience that we could see so really exciting stuff we have some more information as well with reach coming to pc uh break break that down yeah so uh reach will be available in 4k hdr and 60 frames per second on xbox and pc Hopefully they'll be able to unlock the frame rate on PC, but who knows? Right. We'll see what happens. Uh, Reach multiplayer will be included on Master Chief Collection uh, if you already own it. Mm -hmm. The campaign and firefight mode will be uh, add-on DLC that we you will have to pay for only on Xbox. Unless you have Game Pass, then it's all included. Right. And they also mentioned that when it launches on PC, it'll all be included as well. So you'll be able to play multiplayer campaign and firefight on PC. Yeah, so so just another thing as far as ease of access goes, Game Pass is not very expensive. Just you know, five bucks or was it like ten bucks a month or yeah. something? There's and so I think many you ways. Get, you get one month for a dollar, so 
Right. You get your, your first one month practically free. It's so easy to come by. So just the access that people will have to this game is insane. It's mm -hmm. And if you already have MCC, a lot of this stuff is free. You're just getting the multiplayer for Reach right, right away. It does look like there's some premium stuff as far as campaign firefight goes. And I'm sure we'll get more announcement on, on how that's going to work in the future. But I think that's excellent. Just kind of giving us this content, putting in all this work to ensure that, you know, they're, they're really, you know, hitting the fans and what we what we're asking for it's crazy because this was this was leaks this was rumors we didn't want to get our hopes up too high but it all yeah. turned out to be true in the best possible way so i'm sure everybody who's watching any halo fan out there is just incredibly excited about this news uh but let's continue on with the news that we had planned before all this was announced here um we also have our 343 pro team getting another addition nick when joins the roster yeah, we all pretty much saw it coming. He was talking about moving to Seattle and uh, things like that, but it's now official. He announced it on his Twitter. And uh, if you don't know who Mickwin is, uh, look up his wiki. He's a seasoned veteran. Um, yeah. Most recently, he played for Renegades and Halo 5, but he goes all the way back to, I believe, Halo 3. <laughs> so, and Can I just add my two cents on how terrible that photo is in the tweet? Yeah. Like, who selected yeah. that photo in the tweet? It's like it's like 240p or something. He looks yeah, like, a, he, like he an old lady or something. Yeah. He said something that you know he's upset that it rendered so bad or something. Yeah, like the that. photo looks so bad. I don't know what that's all about. But but regardless, it, it's something that we had speculated for a while. Nickwin had been talking about moving over to Seattle uh, with 343. So this is you know this was an expected addition to the roster. And of course, we all know Mickwin just you know tons of experience in competitive Halo. Excellent player, very charismatic, and he's joining the team with Heinz and Clutch now. So three amazing players. We also had some rumors on a potential L Town, so we might. Yeah. Yeah. Might have four of them in the works here, and that just the team keeps growing. It's looking better and better. Uh, so along with the news here, we also have a Halo 5 spring season update that just happened recently. Maddie, run, run, run me through that. Yeah, so they pretty much refreshed the doubles and free-for-all playlists. Uh, on the doubles playlist, they did a bunch of changes to Coliseum, Eden, Molten, Plaza, and the Rig. And uh, all the changes they claim are to make the 2v2 a better experience. Right. I, haven't, I haven't played it myself, so I'm not too sure. I haven't played it either. I've heard some comments in my chat while live streaming that a lot of people aren't big fans of the changes. I don't know if that's just because it's all very new and it's still kind of working out the kinks, or if it does, you know, it, it's not the greatest update. Either way, hopefully it's something that's continuing to change and be modified as time goes by. It looks like they're attempting to improve the experience at mm. least, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, they also have new maps added for free-for-all. Yeah, in the free-for-all playlist, they added uh, White Cell, Echelon, Furnace, and Seclusion. Right. So there'll be a regular rotation now in the that's free-for-all. Yeah, White Cell, Echelon, we've seen a lot of already. Furnace yeah. and Seclusion, they were part of uh, the original uh, Forge maps that you could test out when we were trying to figure out what the new competitive maps were going to be. They were two of the, uh, the additions there. Bit of an odd one, I think, to have Furnace as an FFA map, but hey, I mean, they're trying new things. They're throwing some new content out there. Halo 5, you know, is in need of constant new uh, updates and content to keep things going, so I respect it. Uh, we also have an MCC March update as well, so continuing the updates there. Yeah, so uh, competitively, the only things that were changed in the Halo 2 Classic and Halo 2 Anniversary games, they took away the Team Arena playlists and they replaced them with Team Hardcore. Right. Uh, and they mentioned that the Hardcore, play, uh, both playlists have the original HCS settings and maps. Mm -hmm. So it's a new uh, addition. There was a bunch of social uh, playlist updates for Halo 1 Action Sack. 
and yeah. Halo 2 Classic Snipers, and I believe there was one or two Halo 2 Anniversary games as well. But they added a bunch of new types of games, uh, game types in the action sack. Yeah, yeah, good decision all around. I mean, kind of unifying the uh, the three games playlist right there, because you have Team Hardcore already for Halo 3, and then just having it for H2, H2 Classic as well. Yeah. Uh, easy transition, the original makes competitive sense. settings as well, really incentivizes that we play some Halo 2, so I think that's great. It makes sense, exactly. Uh, the next thing we have is the PBL Season 4 was delayed. So PBL, it was a Halo 5 competitive league, and we have a delay on Season 4 until further notice, unfortunately. Maddie, what's uh, up here? Yeah, they they didn't really say too much about it. They just announced that I know they were they had the preseason. I think the preseason finished, but they announced that the regular season will be delayed. Uh, only thing they said was that they have conversations in the works to make it bigger and better. So who knows what that means? But yeah. we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I I mean I looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Though it is a little unfortunate in a way because I mean with the massive announcement of MCC and their focus on on Halo Five, I'm wondering. What's going to happen there? Because it looks like there's going to be a ton of opportunity coming up in MCC, especially with PC in the works. You might have PC and uh, and console competitions and mm -hmm. whatnot. So so we'll see what they do there. Uh, Noob Combo Clip of the Month. We have uh, another announcement there I know you wanted to make as well. Yeah, a little uh, shameless plug. Uh, over on, on the, my website, noobcombo.com, we're running a Clip of the Month contest. We started it last month where you were the judge for Halo 3. This month we're doing Halo 5. And it's just clips only, no montages, and the winner gets a $25 gift card. You can enter at noobcombo.com slash contest. Awesome. Nice and simple to enter the contest. Just, just If you're already getting clips, you might as well send some of them over to Maddie. And send them if, in. Yes, even wins $25. Why not? A uh, good way to, you know put your purchase towards uh, Game Pass or the MCC updates and whatnot in the future would be pretty great. Uh, and then we have our tournament rundown, everything relevant for this week in competitive Halo, the stuff you want to tune in for. What do we got, Maddie? Yeah, so the Winter Series Finals was this past Saturday. They cut it a week short because uh, they realized that it was going to conflict with the Invitational and Gamers Forgiving. Right. So they knocked it back a week. But finishing first was Denial. Second place was Waste of a Seed. Third was Lux Gaming, and fourth was Mazer Gaming. Did uh, Denial slip in there last second? Is that what happened? Because they weren't in the, the previous weeks, were they? No, yeah, they they just they had points <laughs> from the first week, but you know, a lot of teams like yeah. Reciprocity was in, Tox was in, mm -hmm. and uh, they all joined in for the last one because that was the thousand dollar prize. Right. But it was interesting to see uh, Waste of a Seed went on a tear. They knocked out Tox. They wow. they knocked out a few teams that were. It was a little surprising. Yeah, pretty exciting. And I mean, they're getting all of that practice from the other weeks that the big teams had missed. Yep. So, you know, maybe that's part of, uh, you know, what came into play here. They're they're dedicating their time and focus to the game and it's starting to pay off. Uh, we also have the UGC Double Down Week 3 as well. Yeah, so uh, first place was XBC Champs. Second place was Practice Noob. Third, fourth was Swell Fellas and Team Broadside. Right, so the UGC Double Down continues week three, and there will be more of that, of course. And we have Saintly's Halo 3 1v1 tourney as well. Shoutouts to Saintly. He's been putting together some great events. If you guys don't follow him already, make sure to follow Saintly on Twitter, and he's live streaming regularly on Twitch as well. Maddie, what do we got here? Yeah, so it was just a 1v1 tournament with a $400 prize pool. Uh, first place went to Guntype. Second place went to Tusk. Third place went to Frugal Rocket 452, which... We believe, or we're all pretty sure it was a Smurf account, but I don't know okay. who it actually was. <laughs> and uh, fourth place went to Magnitude. Yep. 
There you go. So saintly putting in some work, having some events and, you know, keeping the, the Halo 3 fun entertainment going in 1v1 tournament. One of the greatest ways to showcase your showcase mm -hmm. your skill in Halo 3. So great job from saintly right there. I'm sure if you stay tuned with saintly, you'll have some more events coming up in the future as well. And just to close off our events this week, we got the one big one this weekend. Yeah, just this weekend, as we all know, is the HGS Invitational coming. Yeah. It's going to take place from Friday the 15th to Sunday the 17th. And just be sure, especially to tune in Sunday as they uh, have more announcements and we'll talk more on uh, Halo MCC on PC. I cannot wait. As some of you guys might already know, I will be flying out to the Invitational. I'm just going to I'm just so excited to be there on the Sunday for that announcement. Whatever they have, I'm, I'm ready for it, man. My body is ready. But anyway, <laughs> thank you, Maddie, so much for joining me once again. Week by week, we're killing it with the news here. And I'm sure I'll be seeing you next week with even more news, more updates on everything happening in Halo. Thank you for joining me. No problem. All right, guys, we're going to move on to a brand new segment, something I'm excited to announce. And by the way, something I forgot to talk about a second ago is if you are currently watching, you are eligible to win an HCS Grassroots nameplate and Halo 5 BR skin as well. All you have to do is put exclamation mark Grassroots in your Twitch chat. You will be entered in the contest. We'll find out who the winner is at the end of the show. So keep that in mind. Get a nice free little Grassroots BR skin and a nameplate as well. Pretty exciting stuff. Let's jump into our brand new segment called Trick Jump of the Week featuring Clearly Me. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. Happy to be back. What do we have this week? Apparently you got a nice trick jump for us that you can add to your to improve your gameplay here. Yes, I do. Um, it's on Guardian. Um, you can do this on default settings or hardcore slash MLG settings, um, which if you guys don't know the difference, uh, hardcore MLG settings are 110% speed versus the 100% speed default. Right. Um, and it's a quick little jump to uh, jump from bottom shotgun to top shotgun. And Actually, in the example, um, I show uh, I have a, my buddy Dribs helping me out, shooting at me to show you how beneficial it could uh, potentially be. Exactly. In a situation like this, you have no other exit strategy. You are trapped in the back of a hallway, but you just jumped out of there in a second while yes, he's sir. shooting at you. So, so how does this work exactly? I'm sure mm -hmm. it's kind of difficult to, to break down without showing us in person, but yes. Um, the magic. <laughs> which, uh, before I fully explain, uh, I want to let people know watching that I will be posting a tutorial, uh, full-on tutorial, uh, later on tonight on my Twitter, uh, which is at MCC Trick Jumps. Um, but it's a simple little edge ghost up to a wall tap. Um, you saw right there, I kind of smacked the top of my head on that angle right there, uh, which momentarily creates a time and place where you can uh, jump off of it. Um, I use the momentum to run forward, and I smack the wall and use the momentum of the wall to push me backwards where I crouch and clear my landing up on the top shotgun. Hmm. Now, you make it sound like a simple little thing <laughs> that you're doing, but I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more to it than meets the eye, right? And, uh, there's a lot of practice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I'm sure this is why you want to make sure to follow at MCC Trick Jumps, where he will break it down in more detail on his channel. You guys can check that out and, and figure out how to use such an important jump. That's very helpful if you're grabbing shotgun, you want to escape from that type of situation. So thank you so much for showcasing that jump. I'm expecting bigger and better jumps every single week. And with the new announcement, you've got so much incentive to keep grinding those jumps. So excited to see what you come up with, man. Well, thank you, man. Excited to be on. Yeah, no problem. We'll see you again next week. I'll see you, man.
There we have our new segment, our weekly trick jump, something to be excited to look forward to and just kind of continuing to push the meta in Halo 3, even though, you know, we are 10 years advanced in the future, even more so. It's still an exciting game. There's still so much to look at. And speaking of taking a trip down memory lane, I am so excited to welcome a legend onto this show, somebody I'm a massive fan of. I'd like to introduce Walshy to HCS Weekly. Hey, hey. That was me on. <laughs> nice to have you, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well. How about yourself? So well, man. Uh, I actually, what I wanted to do before we even got into the questions is I just wanted to talk about my time first meeting you, honestly. And and it was a point, I don't know if you remember, you might remember, it was- Was uh, this at uh, EGL? Yeah, it was EGLX. So this is a local uh, gaming tournament in Toronto, for those of you who don't know. And uh, I had attended as a volunteer caster for Smash Bros. Melee. I'm also a huge Melee fa fan. And I ended up being in a line for Shawarma, and I was standing beside you, and I hadn't realized it at first. And then I finally realized it, and I was like, oh my god, it's Walshy standing beside me. I, like, I might as well say hi. He's right here. We're stuck in this line. Uh, so I say hi. And uh, and we go to we get chatting and you know we find out like you're here to cast of course you ask why I'm here I'm just volunteering casting melee and then out of nowhere you decide to ask for my Twitter and I was like holy crap Walshy is asking for my Twitter this is unreal um, and, and well, yeah, I just wanted just... to block you I, I wanted to make sure I was like <laughs> all right, all right, I got way too many questions here when I'm just trying to get a shawarma I can only imagine how much he's gonna blast me on Twitter so yeah yeah I'm gonna put him on block right away yeah smart man. <laughs> You got me there. But honestly, I, I was so stunned by that. And and you followed me and I was like, oh, man, thank you. And you're like, yeah, never know where it's going to go and where it could lead. And then a year later, EGLX 2018, we're casting Halo together. And just I'm freaking I'm starstruck by the, the whole experience. But uh, you're actually a very kind, charismatic, humble dude. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you for that. That first You also thing. left out that you bodied me in Smash. I was like, I was like, oh, you're doing Smash commentary. I was like, let's go jump on one of these stations. There's a bunch of open stations. I didn't have a controller because I don't have a GameCube controller anymore. Actually, I do have one, but it's not here. But regardless, uh, yeah, I wanted to play some Smash because that was a fun game back in the day. And actually, like Smash is, as a series is probably one of my favorites of all time, especially yeah. in the fighting game genre. Yeah, man, the moment I found out you liked Melee, we had to find like a CRT to play on. And that was a great time, man. I would do it again. Um, and that that even reminds me of just because like CRTs in Melee, that's still happening. They're still getting together and landing. And that's kind of how Halo all began. So uh, what I want to do with this interview is I want to go all the way back to the beginning here. Over 16 years ago, 23 event wins ago. How did you, Walshy, first get into Halo? Oh, um, first played Halo, got introduced by my brother so my brother was in college which was still close to me like you know like 20 minute drive away or something okay and he started telling me about this game he was like oh yeah yeah we hook up a couple xboxes we play halo all night long and so i was like yeah yeah i want to come check this out and so i just remember the first time going over and playing uh they didn't have any other people over there but it was like me one of my good buddies uh steve herbert and then uh my, my brother and my brother, we were just doing like free for all, or maybe he was even just doing one v two. I just remember like every single fight, like either just getting outshot like by pistol wise, or like he would like do a plasma rifle, like turn on me and kill me. Yeah. And I was just um, one thing that always like uh, catches me in a game is when I feel like every single battle or engagement, like I'm learning something, or I knew I could do something different. Where I was like, oh wow, I know I. I know I did wrong there. I'm going to avoid doing that mistake. And I just felt like it was the perfect mix of like strategy and skill. And yeah, uh, after that, I just started landing with him a bunch and then uh, started playing with all my high school friends. 
I like how the gears in your mind just start turning immediately. Like the moment you start playing, you die one time. You're like, whoa, there's some nuance to this. There's there's a lot I can learn here. Like, what have I done wrong? How do I advance my gameplay? And I think that's like one of the most exciting things about like people getting into Halo for the first time is not only was it kind of like unprecedented, it's a twin stick shooter, but it was just so incredibly challenging. Like it was fun to play, very difficult. And there was always this like incentive to just try to improve, try to get better. And I think that's what made it so exciting is there was just this competition aspect to it. So I had wanted I was listening to, to some of your interviews and stuff back in the day, and it was reminding me of my best childhood memories uh, playing Halo 2 lands. I used to play in a basement of my buddy's house. It was back when we'd have like birthday parties and stuff. And at one point, you were talking about your favorite Halo memories. It was with Chris Puckett, where you guys uh, were talking together on, on your YouTube. And you said uh, at one point, you got to the topic of something called trash rustling, which <laughs> is a hilarious story. Uh, <laughs> I wanted you to tell me a bit about this story and, and how exactly that came about. Uh, what's, what's trash rustling? <laughs> uh, trash wrestling. All right. So where do you begin? I'll try, I'll try to give like a medium length, med short to medium length story. Sure. Uh, so when I first was uh, playing Halo with my high school friends, it was mainly uh, the wrestling team. I was on the wrestling team in high school. And uh, so we did that like every weekend or, you know, any chance we got, we'd all do like a 16 person land. And then mm -hmm. of course, like wrestling is a pretty physical sport. And it's also has like a lot of seniority in it and stuff. And so like, there's times where like a freshman would take the sniper away from someone else. And someone's like, what room is he in? They'd go run up and they'd, they'd like physically yeah. like, not you know, <laughs> terribly, but they'd be like, don't take my sniper again. Right. Um, even though they spawn pretty frequently in Halo, I guess actually in Blood Gulch is like a two minute timer. So it kind of was a big deal if you, if you didn't get that sniper. Um, but this also transpired over to um, this team I started playing with, uh, Cycle Soldiers, over in Lansing. And uh, there are some college guys, uh, and their house was just an absolute mess. Like, it right. was, they were just slobs, like, as far as, like, how much garbage Whoa. on the ground. Like, you know, it's just, like, pizza boxes yeah. and, like, Burger King bags for no reason, just, like, on the ground. And so, for once in a while, like, you know, games get heated. And people start talking smack, and then like a trash wrestling fight would just kind of like break out. Like not like a, <laughs> it's nothing like malicious, but like you know, every once in a while, like someone challenge or like you know, someone would even like you know challenge me. I'd be like, I could take you for sure. And then like we just start wrestling around. Like just people would just like be rolling over like Burger King bags or like rolling <laughs> over. Like yeah. I remember like one time like getting Ooh. up at like barbecue sauce in my hair. I was like, what the hell is this, man? Like what are we doing? <laughs> This is your typical gamer environment here, by the way. Oh, this, is, <laughs> this is what happens if you guys don't already know in your land environments is you just end up ordering a bunch of fast food and eating it all and throwing all the wrappers on the floor. And then you guys are, are rustling in the wrappers and everything. That just, I, I can I can see the, the visual in my head. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's yeah, why I, uh, I this at some point, I'll, I'll try to dig up a picture for you. Like there's someone uh, posted on like Facebook for me a while back and like it's just like someone has me in a headlock i have like their leg and like we're just like there's just trash all around us as we're <laughs> in this match yeah i mean you know from from small beginnings man that that's where it all started right that's where the the competitive career begins with with these trash rustling rivalries and then, you know you get better and, and you start going to actual events right so you started competing in 2003 at agp2 so what was that like attending your first event how did that go uh well yeah first off i gotta say like for all the people out there that are trying to get better at the games like that say you just got practice and you gotta study and you gotta watch youtube videos it's no no it's trash wrestling if you want to get real good right. at gaming you gotta get into trash wrestling um but you, you said about like first events like agp2 how did that one go that was the question um that one obviously uh i had went with my high school friends so at this point i had 
before signing up for the event, I had not land with like anyone that was better than me. Like I, I didn't expect to be um, the best. I was like, I just want to find good competition. That was one of the tough things about Halo, uh, Halo One. So the part was like, all right, I want to go there and see how good I can do, um, uh, and just see how amazing all the other players are out there. And so I went with a few of my high school buddies, and um, as a team, we didn't do so hot. Like we, we made it into like. It did like some weird format where they had like an upper bracket and a lower bracket where it's like and it was like single limb or something too. So like we went in the upper bracket and we got, you know, like maybe top thirty two or something like that. Um but free for all wise I did really solid. Like I ended up placing fifth out of, you know, it's like over three hundred people there. Um and so I was like, all right, like my individual skill is like there, but like I remember even like losing the one v one and just uh just being out positioned like i didn't feel like i was being outshot too terribly bad or like you know i thought i was i was even ahead as far as shot goes but like strategy wise and position wise like shiz just beat me in the 1v1 i was like oh wow like i need to learn how to play better like that because if i can play smarter and better uh i could do that and so um i started linking up with these guys like i said the psycho soldiers in in michigan they're in lansing about an hour away from me and that became like my new routine after a while. Like, you know, every weekend or every other weekend, I'd be driving out to Lansing just to go land Halo one all weekend and wrestle in the trash, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing though, is like, yes. So, you know, the four before event didn't go so well, but in the end of the day, it's the FFA where, you know, the star performers really kind of showcase themselves. Right. And at that time when you placed fifth out of like the 300 people, the other top eight people that were there, they were all top eight, like top team placement players basically right these were all players who were coming in you know top eight in the actual tournament so i think that's what really made you stand out and you're building those connections you ended up you know joining up with the psycho soldiers like you said and that ended up leading you to your first mlg tournament so back in 2004 it was um actually you know what before we do that there was one thing because i wanted to see to ask you because you were saying or or basically your your performance at, at ffa was so great i was wondering if there was one little thing that kind of separated you from the rest and i was watching a video that said that Apparently, you popularized the claw technique on Xbox controllers. So first, I want to know, is that true? And uh, and is that something you came up with in your, on your own? Um, I would take 100% credit for popularizing it, yes. Like, okay. I don't think there was really anyone else in the scene at the times, like, doing it, or at least doing it to the level that I was doing it. Like, as far as, like, doing ridiculous, like, double melees and, you know, being that effective with it. However, right. I did not come up with that um actually one of the guys that i was laying with in uh in lansing area is gamertag was reclaimer and i nice. always like i'd always shot with like my middle finger just because i i i don't know like it felt natural I, I used to shoot with my middle finger when i played like paintball or something like that right so um i already had like that finger kind of free if that makes sense yeah and i uh Laundry getting ready for South by Southwest. I'm not sure if you heard the if you heard the buzzer or not. That's okay. There. You probably hear my dog making like a variety of noises. I'm gonna be honest with everybody in the chat here. She has somehow managed to puke in like three separate areas of my carpet back here, and I'm just gonna have to deal with that after the interview. But and that's bet, what's happening uh, in the background. And she was like 100 perfect before. She's gonna be 100 perfect after. But it's like as soon as stream time comes in, it's like all right, dogs know to like or animals know just to mess with you. Like my my yeah. old cat always did that. But yeah. um. Uh, yeah, back to that original point, um, as far as that, that claw goes, is a guy named Reclaimer. And, um, yeah, I just remember playing against him on, like, Longest, and he was, like, he he, play, he played, like, different than the rest of us. He was high sense, and he did, like, that claw thing. So it was, like, we'd play on, there was, like, one map he'd always dominate, which was Longest. And it was just, like, oh, wow, like, clearly he has this great verticality, which um, 
is very important, but obviously not nearly as important. Halo One is just having like a solid like mid range shot. Um, and yeah, so I remember I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna adapt that, and I'll just try to, you know, incorporate like that close range or you know like that freedom in my shooting because like I just remember like watching him play once and like you'd like be jumping over while he's looking down the shotgun shooting exactly. someone's like. That's just like plays that weren't happening on a controller, especially like a, a low sensitivity um, back in Halo 1. Yeah, exactly. So you picked it up, and of course, you know, you're a very popular guy. So everybody started noticing, and they're like, oh my God, the claw technique, revolutionary. And there you go. <laughs> just so you guys know, while she popularized the claw that mo- most of you, I'm sure, are using, if not, if, like, unless you have paddles or something like that. But lucky you having your middle finger already pulling the trigger because that's never been comfortable for me. But for an original Xbox controller, the way it was shaped, I feel like it it does kind of make sense. Like they were big controllers. Like it was, it's very easy for your index to kind of go over the front of it. That's how I found it, at least. I don't know. With the Xbox One controllers, it doesn't feel as I also natural. I practiced a bunch with it too because, like, I don't know. I always loved, you know, we would, during lands and stuff, we would, mm-hmm. you know, run games or whatever. And then after a while, people would be t- taking breaks or, you know, we would, like, obviously mess around with just random stuff in Halo 1. And, um, uh, I was, I, I was ridiculously good with, like, the green gun back in the day, too, like, shooting that really fast. Right. And so, like, right. I would, you know, I would, I would destroy other people in, like, 1v1s with that. Or, like, you know, once in a while, we'd find someone who's really yeah. good at it. And, like, I would play them and get good practice with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember, like, it just felt, yeah, insanely faster to shoot with, like, your middle finger. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's that's true or if that just felt more comfortable for me. Like, I bet there's some study out there on Google that could tell you that which, would be interesting. Which, which finger you can pull <laughs> the trick fast with? Yeah, that's a whole video in itself, I'm sure. Um, anyway, so Claude technique, and then you continue on. You go with the you form the squad with the Psycho Soldiers. This leads you over to uh, MLG Philadelphia 2004. Was this actually where you met the Ogres for the first time? And how was this experience? Um, I'm trying to think. I I know they were there. Like, I don't remember talking to them a bunch there, to be honest. Right. Obviously, everyone knew of them, knew the, how ridiculously good they were. Mm-hmm. I know at one point I had gone down to another place and land, and I can't remember the exact timeline if that happened prior to Philadelphia or after. But, um, yeah, I don't remember being uh, super close to them back, like, you know, by Philly times. Like, you know, like, we, we honestly didn't even make it too far in the tournament. We took, like, fifth slash six or something like that. Right. Um, which is a solid placing, but, like, Obviously, hoping for for much better with uh, the roster we had, but um, yeah, uh, ogres were there. I'm assuming they won everything. I'm assuming they won the yeah the four v fours. If there was a two v two, I'm sure they won that. And then I don't remember what happened as far as one one or free for all. I know I I lost to Killer N in that one. Right. So. Right, but I guess then recognizing kind of the the dominance from the ogres, you started to try to form a team to compete against them, and that's kind of how how you were introduced to, you know, playing with them again in the future? Well, so, yeah, uh, I would say, like, that Philly event, I remember playing, you know, practicing a bunch with our roster uh, going to that one, which we had four Michigan players. We land almost every, you know, every weekend or every other weekend together, and yeah. we got by a team that had four players from four different cities. I was like, all right, well, clearly, like, individual skill uh, is most important in this game. Like, it does, you know, I would much rather have four very strong individuals from different cities than sure. four practice players that had played together for months and months. And like that event kind of, uh, was the con- like, I got that conclusion from, from that event. And so after that, I was like, all right, well I want to team with ogres, but obviously they have no incentive to team with me. Like they're winning already and stuff. So like, I think the goal is like goal is always to team with the ogres. 
Um, right. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, time to find a, a multi-city team with, you know, top individuals from across the country and see if we can take them down. Exactly. So you grab their attention. Uh, shortly later in 2004, you end up joining the Ogres, forming Team Domination, becoming the Halo 1 MLG New York champions. And then came Halo 2. You picked up Saiyan. You formed what we know today as the Halo Dynasty. Tell me a bit about your time competing with the Ogres and Saiyan back in 2005, losing only one event in Halo 2 the entire year. And then what eventually inspired the final boss name change? Um. All right. So first off, let's see. As far as like the team itself, obviously it was... Uh, near dream come true like we i was just like all right, right. Sweet. like these guys are two of the best you know i consider these two of the best players in the game and uh even in the early halo one times we had like killer ends you know slash saying i both consider i considered both of them also uh you know other top five or top ten players in the game right um so uh part of our success first off was we we just had the right mix of players like i said uh earlier in like philly I kind of figured out, I was like, well, all that matters is you just need to have like the top players. It doesn't even, doesn't have to be in the same city. And then obviously once you have the game online, it's easier to practice and you get the best of both worlds. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that part was uh, one, of the, one of the ingredients to success. Um, the other one, uh, we, got, oh, we got along really well outside of the game. Like, you know, just became really good friends. Like, you know, uh, the Ogres, yeah, I became good friends with Killer N, eventually with like Saiyan. Um, and that just, you know, it just takes the chemistry to a whole new level. You know, I mean, yeah. when you're spending, it's the same with any sort of uh, job in in the real world where it's like if you're spending 40 to 60 hours a week somewhere, um, you want to spend it with people you want to enjoy being around. Right. And they were, you know, they were incredibly fun to like, you know, hang out with outside the game. Uh, you know, inside the game, we had so many laughs and had so much fun, you know, like competing and playing. And so um, just everything was, you know, great. Yeah. I, I mean, clearly it was great because you guys start dominating. Things for you start skyrocketing, not just in the game, but outside the game, too. In 2006, Final Boss signed a contract with MLG worth $1 million over three years. You were Red Bull's first ever sponsored gamer, which is amazing. You were featured in multiple magazines, news outlets, and you started a clothing line called Kinetto. And we actually have a video about this. We showed it as pre-roll. I'm going to roll it again real quick here with 22-year-old Walshy. Tony, roll the video. Uh-oh. Walsh is on top of the world right now. The 22-year-old David Walsh from Grand Rapids, Michigan, made $70,000 playing video games last year. This year, he signed a multi-year, million-dollar contract. But there's more to Walshy than just video games. This is where I spend about 45, 50 hours a week. Gaming is evolving now. We figured there should be a Coley night out there for gamers. It's pronounced Kinetto. It's a revolution of different kinds. What is there out there for gamers that isn't nerdy? You want something that you can wear and you know not be a total nerd. Just seeing people wear a company that I'm a part of, it's just amazing. I'd like this to be like the Hurley of video gaming. Hurley is the skateboarders, but Canelo is the video gamers. Just trying to be entrepreneurs. <laughs> I'd like to see this, you know, nationally recognized. They're competitions. I don't really consider them sports. I mean, we're both professionals and there are different aspects, you know, like professional athletes, they have the physical finesse that, you know, like a poker player myself doesn't have. On the other hand, we all have like dedication, skill, talent. We make a living doing this. So just breaking the stereotypes, like everyone assumes that, you know, whoever games just sitting in the house all day and just plays video games. It's totally the opposite. Our team actually took second in the state division one for wrestling. I was also regional champion for tennis. People assume all gamers just, just sit around all day, but it's not true. Are you excited to be on TV? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll believe it when I see it. 
Been looking at houses lately. I think this is the one. Uh, gonna show some of my friends, see what they think, and uh, let's go check it out. I can just imagine myself hanging out with some friends over there, just you know, setting it up. It's gonna be the grill spot back here for sure. Hot stuff out here. Do it up. Owning your own property, especially at my age, it's gonna be real sweet. Definitely gonna be the game room. Black lights. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, bunch of my gaming posters. Hopefully, can you know maybe set up something respectable for my checks and trophies. I think this house has a garage too for all those cars to go in. Oh, my friends, they don't really play Halo. Yeah. Which one? Which one called you? I have my Halo, work, and friends. <laughs> All right, guys, here's the wall seat. I am very excited and proud of him. And he said, I don't know how long this ride's going to be. I know I'm not going to be, nor do I believe I want to be a pro gamer all my life. But he says, I know I'm going to find the path of what I want to do by doing this. Do you never know how long the ride's going to be? So you better enjoy it and you better make some good sound decisions while you're on it. And he's doing man, look at you. You're living the dream out there. Eh? And you aged well, too, man. You you still look great today. What happened? Thank you. <laughs> Age, aging like wine. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I just looking back at that. Last even half. Yeah, I know, but even at 22, you, you have a great mindset towards things, too, just trying to change the stereotype associated with gaming and, and the fact that you're also very athletic and you're doing so many other things around that. Just like this at, at the time was incredible, like especially for its time. This is something that was unprecedented in gaming. You're paving the way for huge sponsorships, sponsorships and acquisitions that we see today. So so walk me through this a bit. What was that like? You know, like when did this aspect of fame kind of come into play, uh, like beyond just the gaming? And then just kind of take me through, I guess, a day of the life of 2006 Walshy. And 2006 Walshy. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So just a little prior to like 2006, uh, sure. obviously, like the gaming stuff was pretty uh, underground. You know what I mean? Like people knew of like the ogres and stuff, but you were like already in the Halo community. It's not like people outside the Halo community knew of like ogres or t squared or walshy or anything like that it was more right. like all right like if you were in the halo community you knew those names sure. but like the halo community wasn't um you know it wasn't as it was big but it wasn't like the, the halo one competitive community wasn't um as well recognized as like esports are today sure. um and so uh back then i remember like one of my first times like someone asking for an autograph at a tournament like this is before it was even on tv or anything i was like I was like why does someone want my autograph all right sure and like you know, like signed something. I was like, all right, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, and then um, uh, later on, like when things started like skyrocketing a bit more, like especially when it got to be on TV, um, like I was listening to that uh, that audio clip, and um, I even remember I, I I didn't believe it was gonna be on TV until it happened. You know what I mean? Because like sometimes I was like, all right, I'll believe it when I see it, sort of thing. Um, yeah. And then when it came out, I was like, I remember like the following day or one of the next couple of days, like I was at the the mall for like Christmas shopping. And some girl uh, who was working at like um, the like I was I was buying like chocolates or something for like a Christmas gift and like I was with uh, my girlfriend at the time and then she was like oh can I get a picture of you like my boyfriend he's he watched your you know your last episode or like last couple episodes on on the MLG Pro Circuit TV show and I was like what the heck is this <laughs> and uh, yeah it's it like yeah. you know like that's I think probably the first time I can recall ever like being recognized on public outside outside of someone who's like, you know, a Halo one player, if that right. makes sense. Right. Um, and so, yeah, 
back then it was uh it, it just skyrocketed like like i said really quick it went from you know people from halo scene knowing who i was um you know and making you know like literally like hundreds of dollars or a couple you know a few thousand dollars in like the early halo one days um to you know instantly skyrocketing to you know, making a full-blown living yeah pretty unbelievable stuff and like how quickly some of that stuff changed and by the way guys if you're watching this, this is something i keep forgetting to do but if you're currently watching and you're thinking i have some questions for walshy that i want answered feel free to ask your questions in the chat guys we're doing a live q a at the end of this interview tony i know you're listening over here can you please check the twitch chat make sure that if anybody has any questions you grab them we'll ask answer them at the end of the show here so feel free guys drop your questions in the twitch chat let's continue on here so eventually your time with final boss did come to an end you were dropped from the roster and this news was a shock to the community at the time there was a short like youtube interview about it and they say that you were removed from the roster kind of due to issues outside the game i was wondering if you're comfortable sharing any information on this topic and why things went the way they did because you guys were the, the most dominant team in halo what happened how did it split like that yeah i mean um Certain things like relationships can start to get complicated, you know, whether it's due to a long time of uncomfortability of getting to each other. Um, like we we definitely had some conflicts, uh, you know, in and out of the game, like, you know, whether it was like commitment um, to, you know, people getting on and practicing. I mean, we had that similar with like saying for not jumping on uh, towards the end of the 2006 season. Um, and it was kind of uh, similar with like Ogre One. Um, when it came to you know Halo Three coming out, where he wasn't taking the game as serious, and it also kind of showed when he also uh, hung up the controller when he uh, finished up that last season. Right. Um, and then there was you know obviously there's there's other small things I won't I won't fully get into details or delve sure. into, but you know like there's uh, from outside's perspective, like you know uh, when it comes to sponsorship money or recognition and stuff, there was definitely. Um, some butting the heads or issues uh, with how some of that stuff was uh, mm -hmm. going down. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely uh, still a shocking. Despite knowing like things were not a hundred percent as far as relationship, I, I felt like um, at the time I was like, all right, like we've been together, you know, three or four years. We're you know just sort of like any budding uh, like friendship or relationship is like, all right, like you know you and your best friend I'm sure had a three month period where you had where you guys were like not talking to each other or something like that and then you guys sure. finally get together and you're back at it again or whatever sure. so yeah but, I, I can imagine it's difficult like there's there's so much pressure especially on a squad like final boss that's completely dominating you guys are you know you're number one in the league and then just the expectation that comes from the fans the expectation that you guys have for yourselves to continue to win and to place first and the sponsors and the other things that come in and who gets the spotlight who gets the recognition so there's so many little things that come into play just beyond just keeping up your player skill and, and your dedication to the game so i can imagine things can get challenging there but you came back around with team instinct you, you defeated your old final boss roster in the process and there was this one uh just this, this is one of your classic trash talk moments let's say and you do this a lot and they're always fun to watch here tony i, I got some clips here for you to roll let's roll the first trash talking clip i'm sitting here with walshi from instinct now last year when you guys beat final boss you were quoted as saying it was like taking candy from a baby that doesn't sound like something i'd say oh no i heard you did possible but uh, i was a little offended that victory didn't mention our relationship i mean i i raised him and macchio as my practice noobs up in michigan so well 
this year, this year, Final Boss is undefeated. So, are you going to give them their first loss this time? I have not lost a Final Boss in over four years. All right. Now, you are the epitome of... Look at your fans. How awesome is this? You're not intimidated right now, are you? Well, basically, if, like, MLG was full house, I'm pretty much like Uncle Jesse. That's how I look at it. And, like, the Ogre twins are the Olsen twins. And then we got, like... I mean, you don't, you don't kick Uncle Jesse out of the house, do you? He's, he, he always has good advice to give. He's always there for you. Dude, you just compared that team to the Olsen twins. I, I don't even know what to say to that. That is absolutely horrible. So as a team captain, how do you keep your team so focused? Um, we, we work so well together. Uh, basically, don't get in front of Rory. He's going to four-shot you every time. Mason's going to miss probably... I'll be generous and say he missed like two or three snipes this entire match. And then Lunchbox, uh, doesn't really matter. He's just going to be running around, probably just mailing the ground because we're going to be destroying. All right, dude. Well, you smell really good right now. It must be the Old Spice. Good luck today in the championship. And back to you, for it. All right. Sound bites for the next... Three years right there from Walshie. He, he is confident. He is Ultra ready for this match. Oh, my God, man. Okay, before we get into it, we got one more trash-talking one. This one's my favorite one. Tony, roll the second one. What do you think about your team you retired from? What do you, what are they you look show? like the 2006 team I'm used to seeing. Uh-oh. So that's why I'm giving them the edge of a straight ripping tonight. I said it. All right. I said it. <laughs> He's calling Carmen over straight ripping. Our second matchup, we've got Instinct taking on Triggers down. But we have Julie, who's down on the floor with the newest member of Carbon, Walshy. Hey, Fruit. Yep, I'm here with Walshy on his brand new team, Carbon. Now, Walshy, you have a history of bringing success to teams. So, so far, what have you brought to Carbon? Well, as a long-standing Carbon member, like I've been on here for about three and a half years now, uh, I bring, you know, a lot of leadership, a lot of funny jokes, number two, um, snacks for Defy, three. What about snacks for me? What do you got? Um, nothing for you, Defy. Wow, nothing for me, equal. All right, well, up until now, Straight Ribbon has had not only your number, but they've also had Carbon's number, so what are you going to do tonight to change that? Um, take our number away from them. That's take it back. <laughs> all right. Now, we are all familiar with the Walshy that we saw on Instinct. Who's the Walshy that we see on Carbon? I, uh, I enjoy long walks on the beach. I, I like to flank sometimes. Sometimes I pull out shots and people. It's, you know, a whole new mellow me. Do you like pina coladas? No. Getting lost in the rain? No. Long walks on the beach, though, huh? Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Hit me up later for that. All right, Farouk, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, I mean, while she is down there, he's having, listen to the crowd. They caught him. The Ooh, dude. <laughs> Tell me you guys took a walk on the beach. What happened there? Did it happen? You know what? Julie, Julie is married now and has a kid, but I still have not given up yet. I, I still message her every single day, you know. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that was hilarious. <laughs> I love how she says it and you're like, oh whoa, you put your arm around behind her back. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and also mad mad props to the fact that you can you can say a joke and then keep a straight face especially for you because you're always smiling but you say your joke and you just go straight face you just hold it and everybody in the audience is like laughing <laughs> and cheering i'm like damn man so like where does this come from because people when they get interviewed in esports is usually just like one boring droning conversation but you have fun with it you just you just go for it. you you add your two cents whatever it is what's going through your mind um, i don't know i think uh end of the day a lot of you know, gaming, athletic competition, stuff like that. It's it's entertainment, and um, when I think of some of the most notable names in the past, you know, like I think of someone like Muhammad Ali. Like he stood for obviously like uh, greater beliefs, you know, religious beliefs, anti-Vietnam War, um, and obviously like his trash talk. Like it just made him like one of those like likable or hateable characters. And when I say trash talk, like I think I think of like clever i i really respect and appreciate like clever uh trash talk that makes right. sense like somebody just like leaning over the boxes and telling them how much they suck and yeah, saying yeah, every yeah. swear word they can think of like right sure i guess you can argue that that's like trash talk but like i i don't know what there has to be like differing terms for it in my eyes now because right. like uh you know there, there's clearly a significant difference in um saying something that makes people laugh something that's like not um like, like I guess some of the stuff I said is like kind of degrading or humiliating, but like not really. Yeah. It's not really, you know what I mean? Like you can tell, you can like see like the silver lining a lot of like the jokes and stuff exactly. Like that. So I've always been a, a huge fan of trash talk. And if I had to say one uh, influence from it, it'd have to be my my uncle, without okay. a doubt. Like he's every <laughs> single uh, time we come and uh, we come over for like holidays and you know like do a thanksgiving dinner or christmas like he always tells like some pretty terrible jokes not gonna lie but other ones like <laughs> other ones are good or like you know just the whole time he's like uh just you know he's straight up trash talking like me and my grandpa as we're like playing cribbage or we're playing yeah. like hearts and stuff like that and it's the uh, i he definitely is uh maybe my my trash talk idol is uh is your uncle responsible for the walshy dad jokes as well that you do during commentary <laughs> Uh, I don't know if he can take responsibility for all those ones. Like, yeah. he, he, he'll probably be responsible for the jokes that, like, gets me fired. Like, all right, I heard this last one. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I completely, like, understand and agree. Like, I respect your approach to it. I think that's such a great, like, reproach that you're more witty and you're creative with the way that you decide to trash talk people. So it's still like, yeah, you're still trash talking, but you're doing it in this way that's very respectable. And it's like, you can't, you can't hate a guy who's got creative trash talk. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a really exciting flavor that, that you bring to the broadcast rather than just swearing in their faces. You guys ever see Gears of War trash talk? It's literally just stand up and like, where's my money? Like, just, fucking, <laughs> <laughs> just get into it, you know, <laughs> which is funny in its own way. But, but yeah, I, I love that you have your own kind of creative spin to it. I think that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. So overall, I'd say looking back, you've accomplished what I would say is a legendary career in competitive Halo, spending most of your career on arguably the most dominant squad in Halo history, picking up accolades along the way. And you retired from, from competitive in 2012. And like your mom said, the ride has to stop eventually. And this ride as a competitor is over. But all that really means is that you've opened a new chapter. So who is Walshy today is what I want to ask. Oh, man. That's a, that's a <laughs> big question. question. <laughs> uh, I'm in the middle of finding out myself right now. So sure. uh, you were just traveling, weren't you? Fast forward right now. I am. Um, I'm taking like ideally like six to eight months off, just uh, traveling and just trying to, you know, kind of figure out what's next for me. 
Um, right. I want to make sure whatever I go into next, I'm you know, uh, 100% enthusiastic about. And uh, I just also, you know, I, I also want to take some time just to reevaluate re some relationships in my life. By that, I mean, like, you know, like work-life balance, um, right. exercise and diet, um, you know, just as far as like, you know, even just figure out like what what do I want to do next? Because like I, I did game design for a couple of years recently. I, I'm doing I'm doing this backwards. Let me start from the very beginning. Let's go back to start wherever you like, man. Uh, go for yeah, it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, if I'm starting back in 2012, I think one thing that people won't tell you when you get out of gaming is that uh, without going to a direct transition like something like YouTube or Twitch or some sort of like esports managerial role, um, you'll you'll find it sometimes partially difficult to figure out what's next because like you you went from doing something you 100 percent were passionate about enjoyed uh made a good living at like you you got fame notoriety from and then you got to take a step back like oh wow like what do i do next like if i'm not going to continue being like some sort of personality or some sort of a uh, figure like that uh like what do i do as far as like career-wise because especially in the days where like i retired or got done like you you couldn't really name and you might be able to name like one or two players who had supposedly right. won enough prize money to retire for the rest of their lives. But um, I think uh, I had uh, other aspirations. I also like, you know, I didn't, you know, I made good prize money, but like not, not enough to like be 100% set for life sort of thing. So you have to kind of take a step back and be like, all right, well, what is next for me? And obviously I knew I wanted to do something gaming related because that's where, um, that's where I found a lot of success. It's something where I'm passionate in. Exactly. Um, the the clothing line for me didn't fully uh, or didn't pan out. So I was like, all right, that was that was one thing that I was trying to plan a step ahead. I was like, all right, I'll start maybe this clothing company, and then maybe I can, uh, you know, right. build that out to sell it or run that when I'm I'm done and stay involved with gaming. But so I took about a, uh, like six months off, um, similar to uh, what I'm doing right now. But uh, I was like, all right, I need to figure out what I want to do next. So um, I took some time and I decided like, well, I know games very well. Like I, I can, I under, clearly understand like Halo and other games at a, a very deep level. So I was like, all right, like game design seems like a, um, a pretty reasonable career to go towards, but um, it's not easy to fully get into, even with like a, a name like myself, um, where I didn't have a lot of the technical skills as of yet. Right. So, I decided to go back to school, so I went back to a place called Grand Valley State University and graduated with uh, with honors there in uh, computer science. Nice. So I, I learned uh, programming and uh, immediately took a job at a studio um, in Seattle area. So that's where I'm at right now. Is uh, I was working at a small studio called First Strike Games for the last couple of years. Uh, we separated recently, and um, I, like I said, I'm taking six months off to kind of figure out what's next to figure out like, all right, do, do I want to stay in game design? Do I want to go and do pursue some sort of other esports venture? Do I want to like try to pursue one of those ideas that have been kicking around the back of my head for a long yeah. time. And also I'm just not gonna lie, straight up burnt out after the last, uh, last right. couple of years. Like I was, you know, right. working 40 to 60 hours a week. Plus I traveled, I want to say 77 days the previous year for, for halo and other wow. gaming related events. Yeah. Oh, so that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, man. I'm confident you're going to figure it out. I mean, especially, and, and 
you you're still doing so many other things. Like you said, you're so busy on the grind, continuing with that. And and on top of the fact that you're still commentating, you're still casting Halo, and that's still happening next week as well. As far as you know, you like as a gamer, yes, you might be old for gaming, but you're still a young guy. You still got like I said, the chapter opens. There's still so much left for Walshy. So I'm excited to see what happens with you. And with the recent MCC PC announcement, which I'm gonna want well, to before hear you get to that, before we get to that, yeah. I wanna I wanna. I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but no, yeah. I, I've been playing this other game, Killer Queen, a lot lately, like this this okay. uh, arcade game. So I've been traveling around to about a, a tournament a month for like the last few months since I've been taking my time off for that, and actually won one recently. So I, I still got I still got some gaming skills. All right, no, I, I'm sure <laughs> that's the thing. Honestly, like I I don't really fully believe that the gaming like skill deteriorates with age unless you're like pushing like 40s or something because if you look at competitive this is a whole other topic competitive fighters you look at somebody like daigo or whatever who's like pushing 40 who are still like like one of the top players in the world still incredibly talented so it's just i think as you get older the responsibilities become different your mindset becomes different there's just so many other things at play and the time requirement is so much more challenging than a 16 year old kid who has the stamina who has the free time who has you know what i mean so there's so many other elements but i agree anyway. entirely yeah. yeah, exactly. Like your 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 wisdom is still there, and it shows in your commentary. And, and then we have to switch switch games as well. If you think about like you see some other players have uh, longer careers in games where you're not switching around as much. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like right. you know, obviously like a, a Halo or the FPSs I was playing. It's like I have to learn a brand new game every two or three years. And right. like you said, a lot of times your your priorities in life and what's important to you in life uh, changes throughout those times. And sometimes yeah. you just don't have that same sort of drive to grind out the hours when the game comes out and. There's a high correlation with how much time you put in and uh, how well you're gonna do. Exactly, exactly. So, so you're still keeping with Halo from the commentary side of things because we have the Invitational coming up. Super excited for that. Are you excited? And and what can we expect to see you doing there? Um, obviously, I'll be I'll be casting all the matches. Um, I don't know what other parts they have announced as far as uh, show matches and stuff, but you might see me on the sticks there a little bit. Uh, Ooh. Right, because we got a whole variety of different like activities and stuff. We got a big team battle tournament. We got snipe down versus lethal. So you're saying there's a oh, chance yeah. we got while she playing some Halo. Is that what you're saying? There's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> Remember, guys, if you're in the chat currently, you have any questions for Walshy, feel free to ask them in the chat. I want to get your opinion now on the big news, the the bomb that was just dropped on uh, on Inside Xbox. Here we have MCC on PC. This is massive, man. What do you think this means for Halo? Well, it's uh, one of the first times we've seen Halo uh, get out of just the Xbox realm. Um, I think that's one thing a lot of people don't really take into account with how much success and how popular Halo has been. It has been Xbox exclusive entirely. Mm -hmm. um, you compare, like every single time we're comparing Halo to some of its competitors, something like Call of Duty or whatever, it's like, yeah, Call of Duty is on xbox pc playstation right. switch like <laughs> you can play it on everything you know what i mean and yeah. um so obviously x halo has been a powerhouse for uh microsoft and the xbox brand as a whole so like there's its reasons for it but um as far as being accessible to um people it's you know you don't you don't reach more people than you do on pc pc is the the most popular platform uh, yeah. uh out there so It'll be interesting to see how uh, the PC community receives it. I mean, I, I played a little bit of like Halo 1 PC when that first came out, and that one wasn't clearly uh, done extremely well. Right, um, right. So I, you know, we uh, hope and trust that they, they do this right when they release it on there, because I think um, obviously Halo has such a, a strong name behind it that it's going to attract a lot of people and 
they're going to get the opportunity to have players play it. Um, yeah. It's just going to be, you know, it's going to introduce Halo to a whole new audience, which is just exciting for for newer players and then also for us as uh, the hardcore competitive community because it just introduces more eyes on the game. Yeah, exactly. Like ease of access is is just so it's so available now. And and are you somebody who's talented on a mouse and keyboard though? You think you would you could see yourself playing some Halo on mouse and keyboard? Or would you stick with the uh, gamepad? I'm, I'm gonna. I'm decent. Like. I don't know how to say like how good I am. Like I mean, I I've gotten to like whatever like uh, diamond or something like an Overwatch. I like I've I've nice. got I was pretty good like Counter Strike. I I was like master in Starcraft stuff like that. So like I'm I'm good on or I'm decent on like a mouse and keyboard. <laughs> so you're doing okay. I'm I'm gonna get bodied. I I have not been playing any mouse and keyboard games, so I'm gonna have to figure it out last minute somehow. But <laughs> either way, I think that like especially with the way that the industry works today with these massive streamers, the moment they play one game, you have like 100,000 people watching it, which is just incredible. And you have people like Summit 1G saying that he's missing games like this, arena-style shooters. There's so much incentive for these players to to jump on and play the game and, and just bring it to the eyes of, of hundreds of thousands of people. So I think, yes, that's going to be huge, huge for Halo. And then what do you think that means kind of like leading into Halo Infinite? Uh, what would you like to see as far as Halo Infinite goes if you have any kind of... Uh, you know, ideas towards the new title. Um, so it's it's gonna be tr- interesting to see uh, if if they do like. Let's go with the hypothetical that they make it on both PC and Xbox, which is clearly a possibility. The fact that they're doing this now with MCC kind of teases towards that uh, possibility. Um, so with that in mind, I think uh, from a game design standpoint, you have to figure out all right what. Are we making, you know, who is our base case user in this scenario? Are we making the mouse and keyboard player our base case user? Um, Because in that case, you you clearly, you do have to um, up like move speed. You have to, you know, do a lot of uh, tweaking and tuning changes to accommodate for a more precise aimer. Uh, Whereas if you're making uh, like the base user, someone who's using a controller, um, you, you're going to spend a lot of time tuning, use stuff like auto aim. You're going to spend a lot of time tuning, you know, like you're, you're going to be a little bit more forgiving and slower right. speed stuff. And either, both of those are acceptable answers, but it's, um, I think you get in trouble if you don't commit to one or the other, because yeah. I think you get a, uh, a subpar experience for both of the main audiences if you don't commit to one mm-hmm. or the other. So I think that's a uh, one interesting, interesting decision that they'll have to make uh, over on their end is, like I said, going to the hypothetical that's on both, uh, which is the base user. Which are you doing? Because uh, yeah. I don't, you've seen much success from creating two different games. You're not going to be like, all right, well, here's how Halo Infinite plays on PC and things are a little bit faster, and here's how Halo Infinite yeah, plays yeah. on Xbox. And, you know, uh, and so I think they, they at least have some um, they at least have some reference points now, though, with something like Fortnite to see, like, all right, how have they accommodated, you know, like... Right. You, You've seen, uh, it's clear in my eyes. It's clearly a uh, a game more so around mouse and keyboard. Um, they they have made it accessible on the other platforms, but they've made it mainly a mouse and keyboard game because you see that those players dominate. That's where they're supporting most of their tournament money. Uh, they they allow people to play with controllers and they have auto aim assist and uh, certain uh, things to try to close that gap. But right. in my eyes, Fortnite was designed as a PC game, um, and it clearly was because I don't even I don't remember if they had much Fortnite on console or you know before the battle royale, battle royale mode um yeah. so yeah I, I think they have a couple reference points but that's um that's one of my most uh 
concerning parts is like, all right, how are they going to tackle that problem? Problem, and then obviously the other uh, bigger problem or question is, is it going to be you know more classic? Is it going to be more technical? Right. Like you know what? Which way do you go? Because um, we've seen a lot of success with very in-depth games like a Fortnite or Apex. You know, with a sure. lot of uh, options and uh, ways you can play the game. Um, or you do go? Do you go a more simplistic model? Um, that is something that we haven't seen as much in recent past. With uh, we haven't seen as many super successful games be like, all right, here's super simple model. You only have just this one loadout. You can you know you don't have too many movement abilities. You don't have too many th- you know. Counter-Strike is kind of the glaring example here, right? Where it's just kind of simply, it's not simple because there is an economy system and there's so many like little mechanics that go into into the game, but at a base kind of foundational perspective, it's simple, you know what I mean? So, yes, yeah, so no, and like uh, like I said, also my, my other part of the argument too is like, I would say in like recent past, because I mean like Counter-Strike is recent, like, right, you know, it's something that's yeah, been around like forever. Yeah, like Counter-Strike has been around forever and you right, know, they right. did release Go, whatever, like was that six years ago or eight years right. ago or something, right. but and that, you know, they, they held fairly true to... Um, mm-hmm uh the core game um but yeah yeah you got a great point where it's like yeah you don't have a ton of like ridiculous movement stuff and um like i said one either way can work it's just a interesting question because like you you constantly hear this debate within the halo community like they have to go back to classic halo or they have to you know you have to you know you see these other successful games like apex or uh fortnite it's like oh well you got to create all these new cool things that you can do in halo to create it you know make it interesting or get the audience and yeah yeah i and yeah, and I, and I hear you there. One thing I've, I've been talking with a, a lot of different pros on the show, and they, they've been bringing that up as well. And I think Saiyan at one point had brought up this great point where it was with Halo 5, it was the whole conglomerate of, of abilities brought in together that made it so kind of overwhelming and, and too much. It was the fact that it wasn't just sprinting and sliding and thrusting. It was the ground pounding and the Spartan charging and so many different abilities added at the same time, whereas maybe there's some sort of a hybridization aspect, like some sort of a middle ground where Apex, you can sprint and slide and jump, and there's there's some mechanics, but it's not... You you know, you're not thrusting, you're not stabilizing, but but they have some stuff. So I, I don't know, there might be a middle ground. I think what was yeah, even more interesting, it. yeah, and what was even more interesting was that point that you brought up about who is your base user. I didn't really even consider that. And and with Halo especially, uh, auto-aim being such a big factor for console because you're, you're holding your reticle on a player for a prolonged period of time. It's not just spray and you kill them. It's like four or five separate shots you've got to land. So how would they balance those things across PC and, and console? That is really interesting. I wonder how that would play out. The only thing I thought in regards to PC and console was to have a mode that's like specifically dedicated for PC players that encourages streamers to come on and play, but still kind of keeping the core of what makes Halo Halo uh, for the console players so that you can still have your 4v4 competitive scene console, but then have your like BR Battle Royale or something on your PC or whatever they do. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, way. no, that's uh, yeah. There's we could talk about this for hours and hours, but I think uh, the yeah. end of the day, like you know, from the Halo Five perspective, my my eyes is just um, it wasn't very forgiving or welcoming to new players. Um, right. I I you know you I I tried to look back at like uh, older Halos, you know, something like a Halo Two, and it's like all right, yeah, you had a lot of you know certain automatic weapons that were actually reasonable to use. You know what I mean, like newer players could pick up a smg or whatever like they could dual wield and they could still sure. see some success um whereas halo 5 there's like all right we're gonna make this you know a solid competitive game and like they did that out of the box it was really competitive but um you know a new player trying to use the ar in halo 5 they're just getting destroyed uh not because it's a bad weapon it's because it took too much skill to use and so i think the argument always is like you always want to have ideally 
as low of a skill floor as possible, so that's welcoming to newer players, and then as high of a skill ceiling as possible, so that the competitive right, players right. can reach that. And in most cases, it ends up being like a sliding scale. Like you see, you hear about games like Dota 2, where it's like it's a very unforgiving game to new players, but yeah. you know has a ridiculous high skill ceiling. So, like yeah. I said, you want to make that spectrum as as uh, wide as possible. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll see where where they put that uh, where they put that slider on for for Halo because I felt like it was uh, too high for Halo Five, and I would have loved to see it either wider, like I said, welcoming into newer players, or even yeah. just lower like i i hate saying that as a competitive player but like i'd like to see a lower skill ceiling which yeah, is, yeah. is not really true uh but there are certain aspects uh like i said i, I would like to see it more welcoming newer players and if that came at a cost of a slightly higher skill ceiling i that's maybe a, a cost i would have been willing to pay for halo 5 sure sure like a really great point i i completely agree there and i i think like fortnite the fortnite example is a pretty good example right there is it's very easy to jump into fortnite and play but the skill ceiling at the top of a play is insane like the way that you know players like ninja are building fortresses around themselves in a matter of seconds and navigating things in crazy ways but i, I built, completely building agree. buildings almost as big as his real house it's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> almost as big yeah <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable and they, yeah the guy's popping off now and came from halo as well which is really exciting so and maybe he'll come back to halo too we'll, we'll see like you know we, we got some as a huge supporter and i think i yeah. think ninja it'd be fatuous to think that he's not gonna like dabble in it for a moment or something right, like that throw exactly he's thrown some love from time to time and you yeah. know like i i yeah it's just it's it's really cool to see like you know like we said like ninja coming from halo and being like literally the biggest gamer in the world like that's yeah. that's really cool to say like that came from halo Unbelievable. And and Halo is on the way back. I'm so damn excited about it. And I think this PC announcement is a great way to kick things off, build a community, and set us up for a massive Halo Infinite launch. But let's jump into our quick Q&A here and see what people are saying in the chat and uh, see if they've got any interesting, funny questions for you. First off, we got Luongo Pro, who works at UGC, asking, uh, <laughs> ask him what his first memory of Halo... Oh, sorry, I thought you meant ask what his first memory of UGC was. I was like, why? Uh, first memory of Halo was. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, we, we kind of answered this one earlier, but uh, to quickly recap it, my, my brother was the one who told me about it, and um, I, like, the first game, or one of the first ones I remember playing was it was like a free-for-all in Battle Creek, and that's where I was just getting like out-pistoled every single time, and he would just <laughs> destroy me with like, a plasma rifle. We, we might have even been playing like King of the Hill free for all or something like that. I don't even know, but either way, uh, my first member was playing with my brother, uh, and when he was in college, and I was like late high school and yeah. just playing like a three man free for all. First memory of Halo was the re respawn screen, I guess. <laughs> uh, we got B sick Nated says, uh, ask him about cross platform with MCC on PC because this can kill Halo on Xbox. Hmm. Uh, Hard to say because first off, like yeah, I, I can't I can't say one hundred percent the one way or the other, like, oh, this doesn't kill it or does kill it. Uh I don't think I don't really feel like it's a one hundred percent kill thing if if let's go with the argument that it like it hurts the Halo community or the Xbox community for some reason. Like, sure. like which I'm not saying, but if we go with that hypothesis, um I would argue, like, well, first off, one of the things that Halo is suffering from right now is some of uh, the population's levels when it comes to, like, getting, you know, good matches or getting matches around your level or getting t matches at certain times. And it's like, I think people would very welcome uh, a larger influx of players. Um, now, as far as, like, yeah, maybe if maybe if they don't have the right balancing between, like, mouse and keyboard versus controller or, uh, you know, if if keyboard and mouse players just start coming through and destroying and make people who play on controller never want to play again, like I, I would 
I'd probably be proved wrong, but um, has yeah. the has the cross platform or has crossplay been confirmed then between the two? Is that correct? Um, I don't know. I don't know if crossplay has been confirmed. We just know that it's coming out on PC and on Xbox. So so they gotcha. haven't really gone into detail on how crossplay okay. would work if it's working. Um, regardless, yeah. I don't. You can't kill Halo on Xbox. You can maybe oh. kill gamepad use in a way, right? But even the Xbox is adding PC, uh, like mouse and keyboard support. All your Razer keyboards work with your Xbox now. By the time the Infinite, like Halo Infinite, comes out, they'll probably have that support from day one. And not not to yeah. you know. That's the that's the big argument in my eyes is um all right what you know how do you alleviate when we do you know mouse and keyboard and stuff on xbox because that's the bigger issue because like let's right. like i said we first we're making the assumption that it is crossplay let's first go with the argument that it's not crossplay and then i would argue more so that the bigger issue is like all right how do you how do you balance now for keyboard and mouse on right. on xbox once you get good function ones because i've heard in the past there's been some of the, the past that like people you know you couldn't play competitively uh as well with them um right. so yeah i as far as like my thoughts on crossplay, like I don't know, like you you can't look at you can't look to Fortnite and be like this is the perfect competitive game just because it's like the biggest has the most prize money. Like it, sure. You know, there's there's better examples of uh, better competitive games out yeah. there. Um, that doesn't take away from <clears throat> Fortnite's phenomena at all. Like that, it still makes Fortnite a great game, and they're doing they they found the right spot in their space, and they're one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game in the world for a reason. Yep. But um, yeah, the crossplay one, like with Xbox, if I was making the decision, like I don't know, I don't think it would be bad, like with for Infinite to you know just do separate. Like I think that's what Call of Duty does, anyways, right? Like you right, have a separate, exactly. separate player base for PlayStation, for Xbox, for PC, and everyone yep. just plays um, <laughs> in their separate but equal environments. Oh man, man, what are we doing? We're not, we're not allowed to do this shit. We we learned about this in uh in high school. We can't do separate <laughs> but equal environments. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no whole whole point being is yeah I, I i don't know like i i, I haven't fully thought through like crossplay like i think it makes sense in some cases like rocket league is the one that makes the most sense right, because yeah. gamepad and controllers are the yeah. the ideal peripheral for it yeah yeah so yeah I, I think actually call of duty hit a good sweet spot there because you have the competitive community so the actual pro league is still on playstation 4 on gamepad where call of duty has been historically they could still do that with halo but they also introduced their battle royale mode that pc players are loving and enjoying and playing and there are tournaments in that battle royale mode so it's brought a massive fan base to the game from the pc side of things but you still have your own individual communities across console and pc so it can work We'll see how it all unfolds, and hopefully they do it in the best possible way. But I don't think anything's going to die, necessarily. No. Far. Yeah, like yeah. I said, I was, I was taking that as a hypothesis, but I was like, all right, like, this isn't, you know, it doesn't hold right. uh, 100% true. Like, I, I don't see anything dying like that. Yeah, yeah. Next up, we have XO Live says, uh, ask Walshy about the land days trash-talking to Zios. Oh, man. Zios, <laughs> Zios was an intimidating character. Not going to lie. He, he uh... He had his own, you know, like personal demeanor and stuff like that, where he's just like, you know, he, he seemed like a someone you just didn't want to rub the wrong way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was like, he was like I said, just an intimidating, fierce competitor. So uh, it was fun, like times where, like, you know, he was one of the people that would like sometimes fire back throughout the matches, and you know, it it was it was it was fun. Like I said, like you you get caught up in the heat of the moment, and like I don't think we either of us said anything that like was regrettable or anything like you know we were just like yelling things back and forth like yeah where are you what we're in the hill 21 contestants 
20 contested seconds in the middle of Walsh. Like, that's what Zaos would be calling out to me. And it's just like, you know, like, I, I look back at that stuff and I think it's hilarious and I, I love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, like, when we got actual lands, I don't remember us trash talking too much. Actually, one of the few times we did trash talk, we were on the same team. Like, we, we were, like, practicing 2v2s for, for MLG Chicago in, like, 2004. Yeah. And I just remember, like, me and, it was, like, uh, me and Gintron, and it was uh, Killer and then Zyos. And I just remember one of the times, like, we destroyed them in a game. And Zyos afterwards, like, do you want to bet money when we play each other at a tournament? I was like, I was like whoa, whoa, like, where's this coming? He's like, he's like, you seem pretty confident. After everyone. I was like, I was like well, uh, actually, if we do meet up, it's in the semifinals. It's on Damnation where we just beat you 15-23. So, yes, I'll absolutely bet money. They just walked away. <laughs> nice, nice. Man, the trash talking biz builds character, right? I mean, you wouldn't have been able to kill it in all your little interview segments as well if you didn't have some practice with uh, Zios, right? So, <laughs> uh, moving on with the questions, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Tools at UGC, how does he prepare when it comes to casting Halo? Good question. Um, it depends. Uh, so for some events in the past where I felt like uh, if I haven't played, you know, I didn't play nearly as much Halo 5, clearly, as compared to, like, other sure. Halos. Um, so some of the times I would, like, watch some of the streams and see what like, some of the starting strats players are doing. Uh, other times, honestly, I, I do rely on a lot of, like, inherent knowledge that transfers from game to game. Because I, I do, I'm, I'm a firm believer that um, you can break down a specific uh, play or strategy, you know, whether it's, like, a flank. And... Mm -hmm break it down to certain fundamentals that can be applied to any game. Like, you know, uh, like if I'm talking about flank, for example, like I try to break that down and say like, all right, a lot of people say a flank, their job is to get a kill or their job is to get behind the enemy team and kill them. It's like, all right, like that's a very simplistic version of it. But like sure. you, you try to break it down into further elements. Like one is uh, you, you try to take like a time opportunity cost from your opponents. Like if they have two or three people focused on this one flanker that they can't reach or fight, that gives your team, your team, your teammates, uh, a window of opportunity, like, you know, two to five seconds that they can come through and potentially shoot someone in the back and take advantage of that. And so it's just exactly. like, uh, there's there's so many different ways that you can break down um, deep mechanics in the game. And I think uh, one one piece of feedback I've, I've always been getting from viewers and, uh, you know, fans is they 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 seem to like some of those, like, deep interjections where it's like, yes. you know, I'll, t I'll talk about something that's going on currently in the game. It's like, all right, well, here is why Snipe Down's flank was so successful. It's yeah. not just because he got that one kill there. It's because he had two or three people with their backs turned to him. It's because he didn't poke out until his teammates were already shooting those players. And it's like all yeah. those little different uh, pieces that, uh, you know, fall in line and just trying to like dissect that. So um, as far as uh, like prep for some events, some of them I do more than others, but um, yeah, I always do a bit of prep before the events. Yeah. And, and people do love it, by the way. I see it in the comments. Whenever you add the Walshy knowledge, people in the comments are just going on Twitch, like, Walshy's dad, like, all this stuff. Like, well, it's half and so, half, like, maybe not half and half, but, like, yeah, I, I get no, I get majority of people that join. Some people are like, why is he still talking about this? <laughs> For God's right, sake, right. tell Walshy to stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Honestly, I think, like, with you, you kind of just come as yourself. Like, you are Walshy as you're casting, which I think is great. Like, there's no kind of, like, extra persona or you're not trying to be any fancy cat like caster you're just kind of you're walshy like you're given the knowledge from your halo days like from i i don't know it just kind of comes out very natural when you're casting so i think i think it's it's very well done and, uh good question Yu-Gi-Oh. uh getting some so i like how you're you're giving knowledge that's applicable to all different types of games right like describing a flank in more detail something that can be applied to counter-strike or to another yeah. 
And so yeah. like like I said, and and that's even more so the case with Halo. You know, I could break down a fundamental in Halo One and tell you like what the analogy was for like Halo Two, Three, Five, stuff like that. And so it's 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 not just only applicable to every other game, but like even more so within Halo, I can be like, yep, right. here is why this works so well. Here's why this works so well because of the spawn system in Halo. And let's break that down for a little bit. Right. Right. Uh, okay, we got Snipe N21. Does Walshy see himself working at 343 Industries at some point in the future? Uh, that would that'd be a dream at some point. Uh, I would have to see. Um, like I said, at some points for me, uh, like we, we covered most of kind of like my my past from like 2012, you know, from when I retired to now. But right. um, yeah, for me right now, it's like kind of evaluating like what do I want to do next? And I'd want to make sure it's, uh, you know, a role I'm really passionate about, right. um, you know. I'm not sure if that means it would be on the on the game dev team and you know helping design some of the features within the game. Um, one of the one of the scary parts, good and scary parts at like a larger studio is a lot of times you will get put on to a uh, uh, a small facet of the game. So it's not like right. I think I think it would be a little um, a little intimidating, you know, going in because people would like be like, oh, well, she's gonna change all of Halo. It's gonna be perfect to like what I expect. It's like no, I'd probably be like you know, like uh, mid-level or, you know, like senior <laughs> designer there or something like that sure. at most. And I, I would maybe ha- take ownership over one small part, you know, whether it's like weapons or modes or, you know, like w- whether it's like moving abilities or something like that. Right, right. Um, but it's not like it's not like I'm just going in there and just like laughing <laughs> things off people. That's like, yo, yeah. <laughs> you need to go make this next. You need to go to this. Like, it's not like I'm directing every single facet of Halo. So, um, right, right. I think I think that would be uh, it would be good and tough because, like I said, like I'm so passionate about Halo that um, there's so many things I want to get my hands into and uh, uh, and influence in. And a lot of times you do have to uh, clearly trust the the team and the vision. And three four three does a uh, overall a uh, good job. But like I said, uh, I, I still have to evaluate like if I want to do game dev or you know maybe maybe one of these days I could work on like the three four three esports uh, side of things like for the events and stuff because that's clearly a huge passion of mine since I've been right, doing that right. for like the last five or seven years. But we'll see. For now, it's, it's break time for me. I'm yeah. I'm uh, I'm just traveling around, vacationing. Uh, nice. And... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, find the role that fits for you. And and like you said, like you end up being kind of like designated to one little facet where you, there's so many little things that you want to be involved in. So so it can be kind of uh, difficult. But I imagine the whole idea of working at 343 could be a lot more approachable if things really start to pop off when Halo Infinite comes out and, and the MCC PC launches and stuff. I'm sure, you know, if the community grows and, and whatnot, we've got so much incentive to to be a part of it all. And, and uh, you know, the opportunities would be pretty awesome, I'm sure. But all right. So we've got um, Virtuoso. Question for Walshy, uh, who is his favorite Halo player? Ooh, favorite Halo player. Um, I mean, that's, that's pretty open-ended, like, whether yeah. you say, like, their, their actual gameplay or whether it's, uh, you know, friends outside the game. But I had to say one Halo person that's probably, like, my best friend outside the, the game has got to be Strongside. I mean, who, who doesn't love Strongside? Yeah. I mean, except everyone that he pranks and everyone, you know, <laughs> all the shenanigans he pulls. But, no, Strongside's... Uh, Strongside's my dude. I miss Strongside. Where's he been? He hasn't been uh, around recently. He's also he's, he's also on the vacation grind. Like uh, yeah. yeah, me, me, side and Bravo are all like just yeah. taking months months off, just uh, trying to find the meaning of life. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I expect to see you guys come back in a big way. Um, so our last question for tonight here we got Muck underscore Uro. Uh, while she explain Instasplodes. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Here we go for the four hundredth time. I I do have to leave <laughs> around like 
10 p.m. Central, so I'll try to make this short. <laughs> but um, three hours. <laughs> um, Insta explodes. Oh my god. Uh, all right. So first off, Insta explode is in Halo 3 when you throw a plasma grenade and you let that one sell on the ground, and then you throw a second one and time it with the first grenade that's on the ground explosion, and the second one goes flying and instantly explodes in the air, uh, whichever way you sent that. So for me, it was just like when I first discovered, like when I first, I don't even know if I can say like I discovered it or not, like because I know I like I've right. seen it happen by accident once, or like I I I did it like. It, within Halo 3's first year at one point. Like, one time I got, like, two insta explodes on the shotgun tunnel. So, like, when you were showing that trick jump earlier, um, I was like, there's no way out here. It's like, yeah, there is. You grab those two plasma grenades, you just insta explode that person in that small, narrow hallway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, point being is, yeah, I remember being stuck down there one time, and I think I either, like, bobbled a nade, and, like, I insta explode someone. I was like, what the heck was that? And right. it was one of those things, like, I tried for a little bit, but it's like, it really wasn't too feasible, or re- was really tough to practice, just because, um, you you don't really get many opportunities to, like, practice it. Like, there's a few patches on the map where you can get a couple plasma grenades, and then right. from there you get one opportunity. But once Heretic came out, and you could do Heretic free-for-alls, yeah. I literally spent, uh, no, no exaggeration, like, weeks, just, like, I would play there's multiple free-for-alls a day. I would just play no no shooting, and I would just try to insta-explode every single person I could just to, to practice it. And, like, I would, you know, not place even last place a lot of times, too, just by doing that. Or I've had multiple games against, like, level 50s where I'm just not shooting, and I'll take, you know, my, my team will win, and I'm yeah. just, like, throwing grenades. But the reason why I love them so much is anytime you can add that sort of depth mechanic yeah. to um, a game where it's it's like it's overload depth uh where you don't have to add like another button you don't have to add like it's not like all right hold left trigger and then hold left trigger to throw a second grenade to and hold that long <laughs> enough i mean it's not it's not like some like random right. grenade launcher it's like just using the built-in physics and mechanics of the game and uh using them in a unique way and uh yeah that sandbox just works so well for that um and yeah i've just been such a huge fan of it because it was so incredibly rewarding it's not like just this random thing that was unstoppable it was like yeah. You could, you know, there's plenty of times where someone throw a, a grenade to plan on insta-exploding me, and then I would just jump way to a better spot and insta-explode them back off of their own grenade or their own yeah. layup. And, um, yeah, it's it's probably, like, there's a lot of amazing things that have come out of Halo, you know, like, whether it comes to, like, certain glitches or unintended uh, things, you know, like weapon grenading or right, right. VXR, double melee, stuff like that. Um, but I think Insta-Explode has to take the cake for me just because it was so incredibly rewarding and so skillful. And, um, yeah. yeah, huge fan of it, if you can't tell. I like how the uh, the Walshy analytical mind starts, like, spinning. The moment you see the nade blow up another nade, you're like, wait a second, can I do that, like, <laughs> consistently? <laughs> can I, like, turn this into an actual technique? And it's it's crazy because it literally is consistent. Like, I remember when you were saying over commentary, when you were explaining it another time over commentary, it, it one explosion from a nade will launch the second nade a set distance, and then it explodes every yep. single time. So you're getting the exact same distance. This is something that you can get down to a consistent method basically and and of course you have to bounce one nade off of a wall to slow down the explosion times so you can toss the second aid and have it actually work and then you can send them upwards left right wherever depending yeah. on, on your skills there so it just so, so much so nuance. Good. yeah like. it's so sick yeah <laughs> 
that's the thing. Like, they got to have stuff like that in Infinite, where I like how you said it's like they don't add another button. It's not like, oh, here's you got to put a paddle under your controller and then press this like three times and then like switch over with the left stick or whatever. Like, it's just it's in the game. You just toss a nade, time your second nade perfectly. Like, it's it's just a tiny little nuance that added so much depth to the game. Apparently, we have one more question here. Uh, my Halo tutorial says, ask Walshy if he can please make more Halo histories because I listen <laughs> to them every night, but I need more more material because I can only listen to the same one so many times. I was actually, I saw two of them just leading into this interview. I saw the pocket one. I saw the Royal one. Both are really great. Oh, man. Yeah, I need to at some point. Uh, that's that's one part, too. Like, I, like, I don't know. There's, there's some parts of me that, like clearly enjoy like being in the spotlight, like coming out to the the events and casting. There's yeah. a lot of other parts of me too that I just um like I'm not sure if uh content creation's fully in my heart or not. And like that's right. one of the things. If I'm gonna do it, I want to make sure I'm doing 100. I'm I want to make sure I'm doing it for me. Like I don't want to just uh output content just uh for the sake of it. And um yeah, I I think uh when it comes to the Halo, Halo, Halo history videos it was just like you know it was a good opportunity at the time it's like sweet yeah i'll just jump on with like one of my old buddies just talk about halo for an hour or two and see what it goes from there but yeah um i think at some point if i do stream again like i, I don't know the last time i've streamed it's been like, yeah. a couple years probably or a year to year to two years um <clears throat> jump on stream i can see myself like you know doing a halo history video or something like that but uh it's cool to see that or hear that people still uh enjoyed those videos and I do. I do get at least one person at an event, like when I go to one of the live events, come up and say like, "You gotta make more Halo history videos." So yeah, um, has been heard, and I, I I need to do it at some point. But um, yeah, just taking some me time right now. For sure, I, even the analysis stuff that you would do too, I liked. Like where you would showcase uh, launching nades on Wizard and Halo One from like all different angles, like how you had to line up certain parts of your scope and like this, the middle of the reticle or the outside of the scope when you like scope, like so many little things just to get a bank nade out so you can launch the power up to yourself was so cool. So a lot of those really exciting videos. Thank you everybody in the chat who asked your questions and thank you Walshy so much for joining me on today's episode. Man, it was an honor having you on. Dude, thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. No problem, man. I can't wait to see you at, uh, at the Invitational. It's gonna be yeah, so exciting. I, I fly out Thursday morning. I'll be there Thursday, like four something or whatever the midday. We got our, our media Thursday. day. Yeah, I'll see you Thursday and Sunday's going to have massive news. It's going to be an amazing weekend. Apparently, it's St. Patty's weekend as well. So so you, oh are, you, you already know what it's that means. already like uh, <laughs> a total ridiculous shit show out there in Austin, yeah. like on 6th Street, like St. Patty's Day, South by Southwest, all yep. at the same time. <laughs> Good luck casting the next day, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Slurring your words the whole way through. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. All right, and that closes our interview with Walshy. Awesome time having him on the show. And of course, as I said earlier in the show, we have a grassroots VR skin and a nameplate giveaway. I had to remember what those were. Remember, you got to put the exclamation mark followed by grassroots in the chat to enter yourself in the contest. Tony, how does the contest work? We're gonna, how do we do this now? <laughs> if you can just like let me know, because all I know is that you put that in the chat, you've entered yourself in, and then how do we, how do we pick the winner? Do we do this on the show? He's typing it to me. What, what about my forehead? What the hell? Oh, <laughs> you found the winner. All right, we already, we already had the winner. I'm giving you guys all this misinformation. The winner is forehead, so F O R E. 
H-E number four D with an underscore. You have won the BR skin and the nameplate as well. Congratulations. I'm sure Tony UGC will find a way to give that over to you. That closes our show for today. Remember, guys, to check out the merch as well. Tony, Tony, throw up the merch. There we are. There we have the merch. Remember, guys, anything that you purchase here not only supports the show, it supports me as well. I would highly appreciate that. Thank you guys once again for tuning in for HCS Weekly. We've got our Invitational this weekend. We've got tons of great news coming up. And then, of course, we will continue back with HCS Weekly next Tuesday. See you guys soon.